0: Well, Happy New Year. Um, every preacher in the liturgical tradition is contractually obligated to remind you that this is our new year, right? We're starting the new liturgical season. And as Ms. Ruth reminded us a couple weeks ago, right, when we were talking about the church calendar, the Christian year, liturgical time, right? She talked about how the end is the beginning, and the beginning is like the end, right? And you kind of bring them together, and they turn into a circle, I think you see this really clearly in the season of Advent, right? Last year or last week was Christ the King Sunday, right? A reminder that Jesus continues to reign. And here we are beginning the season of Advent, right? Advent comes from the, the Latin word Adventus, which means basically coming or arrival. And here we are at the beginning of this new season. Waiting for the King to come again. It's more than just waiting for the King to come in Christmas, right? The birth of the King, we do wait for that as well. But it's also this waiting for Jesus to come again. And culturally, we've been in a season of waiting. And no, I'm not actually talking about all the Christmas hubbub. I've been talking about the World Cup, or at least I've been waiting for the World Cup. Um, If you've been a fan of the U.S. men's national soccer team, we've had to wait eight years. We were not good enough to qualify for the last World Cup in 2018. Shame on us. But this year, we did qualify, and we've got a good team. If we win on Tuesday against Iran, we will progress to the next stage of the tournament. So so do your patriotic duty and cheer on the U.S. on Tuesday at 1 p.m. All right, I had to get that out of my system. <laughs> Culturally, right, though, it's, it's hard for us to wait. Sam's Club has had Christmas decorations up since before Halloween, right? Halloween had not passed, and here are reindeers and wreaths and all of this stuff, right? Thanksgiving these days feels like an afterthought. Black Friday deals, right, there are like two weeks before Black Friday even starts now. I noticed that the other day in Walmart. They had the Black Friday deal of the month, (laughs) which is really interesting. (laughs) Another way that in our household that we've been reminded of how hard it can be to wait is um, our daughter's had a hard time waiting recently. She's been taking dance on Tuesday mornings, and she loves it. And so her entire week now revolves around trying to figure out When is Tuesday coming? So on Thursday morning, she will wake up and say, Dad, what's today? Thursday. What's tomorrow? It's Friday. What's after that? Saturday. And after that? Sunday. And after that? Monday. And after that? Tuesday. And I have my ballet class. (laughs) Right? It's hard for us to wait. We live in a Google instant answer culture, right? Everything's always at our fingertips, or it seems like it should be. Well, this morning, I think our scriptures ask us to think about waiting. What does it mean to do Advent waiting for the King who is still to come? We look around at the world and at ourselves, I think, as well, right? And we know that not all is right. Like the psalmist asks often, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord, until there is peace in our world? Until there's peace in my family? Until I can recover from the sickness? How long, O Lord? And it's in this tension, right, in this tension that we can struggle to wait. We have this waiting, right, that begins our services during Advent season here at Church of the Apostles, right? O come, O come, Emmanuel. Right? And the answer to that cry is actually in the name of the God whom we are addressing. Emmanuel, God, with us. Advent reminds us that while we do wait, we don't wait in vain, but we don't like to wait, right? So what I want to do this morning is I want, to, I want to give waiting a little bit of a rebrand. I want to maybe have us think about waiting not as waiting as we often think about waiting, but I want to rebrand our waiting as Advent attentiveness, right? I've got some alliteration, so maybe you can rem- remember that. Advent attentiveness, because I think while we wait, while we practice this Advent attentiveness, this is actually maybe the very site where God is with us at work in the world if we have the eyes to see it. So three thoughts that I want to use to guide us as we think about this Advent attentiveness. I want to think about how Advent attentiveness is active I want to think about how Advent attentiveness is patient and how Advent attentiveness is hopeful. Active, patient, hopeful. All right, active. A lot of times, right? culturally speaking, when we think about waiting, it has a passive nature to it. Red lights, halftime, waiting rooms in doctor's offices. We aren't in control. We don't know how long it's going to take. We just want to get it over with, right? What happens when we wait? Well, at least for me, a lot of times when I end up waiting, I take out my phone and I scroll through the news or social media or check World Cup scores or something, right? We don't like uncertainty. So we try to distract ourselves, right? Maybe numb out the questions, the anxiety, the fear, the stuff that begins to creep up into us when we're being forced to wait, right? We don't want to acknowledge that part of us sometimes. But I think in our scripture passages this morning, we're given a different vision of what it means to wait. This waiting that God calls us into isn't passive. It's not just passing time. But I think this waiting can actually be an active thing. The metaphor that, I've had in mind as I was thinking about what this active waiting might look like is something I've been noticing happening with the students that I work with here at the church. I've been noticing that a number of our students are driving to Wednesday nights now on their own, or at minimum, they're driving with their parents up to the church and then swapping with them, right, so their parents can drive home. They're learning how to drive. And I actually thought that getting your license is a really apt metaphor for an active type of waiting, right? Because students, they're not just sitting around and waiting to turn 16, and then boom, right, they've got their license. What are they doing? They're, They're actively engaged in this process. They're learning about what the laws of the road are, right? what they need to do when they come up to a stop sign. They're practicing parking so they don't hit another vehicle, right? They're learning to get comfortable in the vehicle they're driving. That's an active process. It's not just a passive thing that happens to them, and all of a sudden, they'll be great drivers. It's active waiting, right? Preparation for something greater to come. A Romans passage, Paul tells us that we know the time is drawing near. The night is gone, he says, right? So cast off the works of darkness... And put on the armor of light. There's a reason, right, that light is often an image used in Advent. Despite the darkness that we see all around us, we are drawn to the way of light that we see in Jesus, right? We light candles in Advent, right, like we did this morning, as a reminder that the darkness cannot overcome the light of Christ, And the light of Christ is seen in actions of love, not in selfishness, right? Paul continues and says, love does no wrong to the neighbor. Jesus implores us in Matthew's gospel to be ready, right? To stay awake. That's an active posture. And while we are waiting for Christ's return, that means we don't just bide our time. But we are to actively show forth the kingdom of God through our words, through our actions, through our love. And in order to to be alert, right, we need to be paying Advent attentiveness to the world around us. So I think it's important, right, that we pair these two things together. That it's not about constant activity, but it's about learning to pay attention attentiveness, right, to what the Lord is doing in our midst. It's a reminder that when we're buried in distractions, right, even good distractions like work or family or other things of that nature, that we can miss out on opportunities to love like Christ did if we're not alert, if we're not paying attention. Our Isaiah passage reminds us that peacemaking is active right? We beat our swords into plowshares. That doesn't happen on accident. It's an active posture that we can't just wait for things to blow over, but that Christ compels us into the midst of conflict on occasion to say, I forgive you, or here's another way, or I'm going to love you even though you're an enemy of mine, right? That's this active nature that Christ calls us into. Stay awake, actively pursue the way of Christ. And like I mentioned, I think it's important that we're not just talking about activity, right? That activity has to be at the same time married with patience. That it's not just activity for the sake of activity, a constant doing. Because that doing, even good doing for God, can help us, can be a, a reason we might miss God on occasion. I think it's no mistake that we start the Christian year with Advent because this time of waiting, I think it's an apt metaphor for the whole of our lives. We spend a lot of time waiting, don't we? A lot of time waiting on God, waiting on other people, all kinds of different things. And in that waiting, right, within us, both individually and collectively, right, there wells up this longing for Jesus to come and to heal the brokenness that we see around us fully while we wait. All right, so you ready to learn a fancy theological phrase? Advent is about inaugurated eschatology. Inaugurated eschatology. Let's break those two things down a little bit, right? Eschatology has to do with like the last things, Christ's return. Inaugurated meaning that it's starting to come into existence, right? So this, what, this, what this word describes is the fact that, yes, Christ has defeated sin and death on the cross, and he reigns as king through the resurrection and the ascension, but at the same time, we haven't seen that in all of its fullness, right? We're in this waiting period where we know what the end of history is going to look like, but it's not here in its fullness yet oftentimes gets referred to as the already and the not yet. So I've made a couple soccer references, so I'm going to flip gears and give you maybe a little bit more helpful cultural analogy with football, right? Especially for some of you Auburn fans, right? You are waiting for a new coach to be announced, right? And there's going to be a gap in time between when that coach is announced and when that coach actually takes the field On a game day and is in charge of that team, right? That gap in that middle is kind of like this inaugurated eschatology, if you will, right? Because that coach's power, he's gonna hire other coaches, he's gonna start working with the players on his system, but you're not gonna see it in play fully until the game time comes, right? Okay, so while I don't have time to get into this too deeply this morning, I do wanna say that the character of how we wait matters. I'll say that again. The character of how we wait matters. I think that's why this patience is important. I think there's one way of hearing and interpreting the Matthew reading this morning that might conjure up fear in us when we think about the coming of Christ, right? Fear in us, fear in other people. But be wary of anyone who tells you that they definitively know when Jesus is coming back, right? Jesus himself said he didn't know that. You didn't know the day or the hour. So if someone's telling you, oh, "I've got this figured out," you might want to practice a little healthy skepticism there." And I think sometimes,, right, even this desire to predict the signs, that can be a distraction to the work of love that's right there in front of us.? Right? If we get so sucked into this figuring this thing out, this waiting and waiting and waiting, we can miss those things. But again, right? It's not just all activity, it's patience contemplation and action actually work hand in hand if they're practiced in balance. This is exactly the point that Jesus makes in the illustrations in Matthew's gospel, right? He said, Noah didn't know when the flood was going to come, but Noah was patient. And in his patience, he still acted, right? Noah did this crazy thing of building an ark because God told him to, when it had never rained on the earth before, right? We we forget that little detail in the story. It had never rained. It had never flooded on the earth. But God had told Noah, hey, this is coming. Listen to me. Be ready. Stay awake. Stay alert, right? Get prepared. And Noah did it. He listened to him while the world around him just went about in their disobedience, right? Right? So when Christ comes back, he is coming back to our earth to redeem it and to restore it, right? Physical bodies in the new creation. And when Christ does come again, it will be a validation, not an erasure, of the work that he has started in and through us, the church, towards that new creation. Where the church has been in error, it will be purified and made right. But by that same token, where the church has been faithful, Christ will continue in that work of faithfulness and see it through to the fullness. We don't know the time of Christ's return, but we know what we need to do, right? We need to follow Jesus. We need to take on the character of Christ, of loving others, practicing mercy and grace and justice and truth. That's how we wait, right? We don't wait in fear, in panic. That's not the way Jesus showed us. We wait in this patient and active, and to the last word, hopeful trust. This is the way that we wait like Jesus, putting love into patient action. And the reason that we're able to wait like this during Advent It's because we know that Jesus is the king and we are not, thanks be to God. We are not in charge of fixing the world and all of its brokenness. That's something that's too much for us to bear. Christ has done that definitively, but at the same time, one of the amazing things about the gospel is that even though Christ is the one doing it, he's invited us in to that work, to partner with him to begin to see the kingdom come into fruition, right? And I think while we practice this hope, when we gather in worship like we do here on Sundays, when we're sent out back into the world to do the work of Christ, we help to make that hope more tangible to a world that's waiting, right? That's the promise that's there in the Isaiah passage, that when the people of God do the work of God, the whole world will see and know what God is like, and they'll be drawn to worship the one true God. We help the world know how to tangibly wait, to long for God, even when they sometimes don't know how to long for God. All right, so in closing, back to this idea of Advent attentiveness. A couple questions we can ask ourselves. Do I notice where God is at work around me? Do I notice it? Sometimes, right, that just means the pulling back from those distractions long enough in contemplation, right, to see, okay, this is something God's doing. I, I hadn't seen it because I was busy doing things or busy worrying about other things, right? I wasn't being attentive. I wasn't staying awake. Are we rushing around too much that we can't see the work of God. Another way of saying that would be: would we recognize God's work around us? Right? Do we see that in the character of Christ? Right? One of the fundamental Christian convictions is that the definitive revelation of who God is is the person of Jesus. When we look at Jesus Christ, we see the fullness of who God is, right? The image, the exact imprint. Of Christ's nature, I mean of God's nature, right? Again, that was one of the texts from Colossians last week, last year, Christ the King Sunday, right? So when we look at Jesus, that's who God is. That's what God's like. There isn't a God who's hiding behind Jesus, right? Jesus is the fullness of God's revelation. It's so easy to be more distracted than normal, right, during this holiday season. And again, it's not even about just waiting for Christmas. Advent's more than that. Advent says, slow down and wait on God. Notice what he's doing. Look for the light, stay awake. But at the same time, when you see an opportunity to share in God's hope, act in faith, right? It's it's not just this this retreat. There's action involved there. Push back the darkness, through our love that we share, right? Not through our apathy. Follow the Spirit of God into the world as we continue to wait. Come, Lord Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.